So uh, some other features like the anti-lock braking system and run flat tires. Oh, very important in an apocalypse. Uh, you don't want to be changing tires when the zombies come up. Um, make it a brilliant off-road runner. Uh, so this is this is a really cool vehicle. Uh, no price here on this, but I would imagine this is uh, well over a hundred thousand dollars, maybe uh, maybe closer to two or more. Get where you're going, then keep going. Gear, parts, and accessories built to explore well beyond where off-road goes off-grid. Get real deals on performance parts and off-road accessories at Realtruck.com and bring your truck and Jeep to life. I'm Tony and welcome to the Jeep Talk Show where we put the fun in off-road fun. This is the only show where you can hear Jeep owners talk about things like mud rocks and giant tires and not get weird looks. So strap in, grab your favorite beverage, and get ready to laugh, learn, and have a damn good time. We guarantee that after listening to us, you'll have that sudden urge to go buy a Jeep and hit the trails. No, I'm not talking about Bill, although he has two brand new Jeeps now. Uh, don't say we didn't warn you. On tonight's episode, have I broken the law? Well, almost certainly the answer to that is yes, but uh, is it is, if you're not caught, is it still breaking the law? Well, I think it is, technically. Anyway, in story time, new to 4x4. Must have for your Jeep Android Auto wireless adapter. Are you ready? It's time for the Jeep Talk Show with hosts Tony, Josh, Wendy, and Chuck. All right, I'm pretty damned excited. Are you excited? No, I'm not talking about the listening to this episode. I'm talking about SEMA. <laughs> it is SEMA time again. SEMA, I believe, starts, uh, what is it, next Tuesday uh, uh, from, uh, from uh, when, when we're uh, uh, publishing this episode. And uh, I'm really excited. I'm not going this year. Uh, actually, we had a, a Jeep Talk Show team member meeting. And uh, I was thinking about going to SEMA because, you know, you got to get out there. You got to uh, press the flesh, so to speak, which I guess is a bad thing to say in Vegas. Uh, but anyway, I uh, go out there and meet people and uh, talk to people about the Jeep Talk Show. And, uh, you know, I'm pretty good about doing this, uh, doing recording these episodes. Not so good about uh, going out there and just meeting and greeting people that I don't know. I uh, get a little nervous, uh, don't know what, exactly what to say, don't know how to approach them. Uh, it's, just, it's just a practice thing, I know, so I was just going to go out there and do it. But the Jeep Talk Show team members said, nah, don't go. <laughs> I think they're getting to know me. So uh, we're, we're saving up the uh, any money we get uh, so I can, in a war chest, so to speak, so uh, we can go to EJS, because EJS uh, I can do. Uh, that, that's driving, that's going off-road. That's uh, talking to a few people, sure, but uh, most of those people I've talked to, uh, the, the, at least this year at SEMA, were people that I'd already uh, met uh, online and doing interviews with. So anyway, uh, Chris and Julianne, along with uh, Bill and Larry and uh, F.U. Bob, uh, are all going to be uh, representing the Jeep Talk Show out at SEMA this year. And that's another reason why I don't need to go, is there's so many people that are going already. And uh, Chris is a is a big uh, press-the-flesh uh, type person as far as uh, sales go, so he'll do a much better job out there uh, than, I, than I would. Now, Chuck uh, did a wonderful, wonderful job out there for us last year. Uh, paid his own way <laughs> and helped promote the show. So uh, sadly, Chuck's not going again this year. He'd love to go, but he's not going again this year. Uh, but uh, we certainly appreciate all his assistance uh, from uh, from last year. But uh, it, it's going to be all Chris all the time. Now, we've learned a little something. Um, now, this is going to be common sense to a lot of you that actually do this uh, for a living. Uh, but we learned a little something, and we're actually making plans with people that are going to be uh, at SEMA so that uh, Chris can actually meet with them and talk to them and record a little uh, audio, little video. So uh, you're going to have to keep your eyeballs open on uh, social media to see what we uh, we come up with uh, next week. And uh, I will say that they'll, they'll probably be, it'll probably be all over, but primarily it will be on Instagram. So if you don't follow the Jeep Talk Show on Instagram, now's a good time to start. Just go to Instagram and do a search for Jeep Talk Show. All right, so uh, Chick Chat. Uh, every other Monday, we have a new Chick Chat episode. Uh, you may hear us call it JTS Chick Chat. It, it, that's because I'm fearful that it'll get extremely popular. And uh, Julianne and uh, Wendy will say, well, the hell with you, Tony. We're going to spin off our own show. So I like to put the JTS on there on the front of it, you know, just to make sure people uh, know that it's part of Jeep Talk Show. <laughs> I also do that, too, because uh, uh, it's, it's two women hosts 
uh, talking to uh, primarily women uh, about off-roading, uh, business ownership, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, it's it's a really good, just right out of the chute, uh, a great episode uh, that is uh, women-centric. And uh, we want to get more women involved in this off-road madness that we're a part of. It's just so much fun. And it, it's also good to let, peop, let the women know uh, what us men uh, have been doing and what we have uh, been enjoying for so many years. And it helps them understand better why we just love doing what we're doing. And uh, don't forget about our Patreon. I know you have you don't have a snowball's chance in hell of uh, not, not forgetting about that, right? Because I keep reminding you. Uh, but uh, we really do appreciate all the Patreon subscribers that we currently have. Uh, I, I I was surprised it was more than just a couple. Uh, but we do have a goal of 100 Patreon subscribers. If you've been on the fence and you've been thinking about whether or not you should uh, become a Patreon subscriber, uh, you got to ask yourself: Do you want ad-free content? Do you want early access? Oh, my God. Do you want some really good discount codes? Uh, this, These are all reasons why you can get on our Patreon and get access to all those things. And uh, and this may not be a big selling point, but we, uh, uh, Josh and I actually did a, a podcast called The Tony and Josh Show. And uh, I think we had over 100 episodes uh, of that that we did that. It was not Jeep-specific. Uh, it was just a couple of guys talking about news items and uh, uh, just riffing on the various things. So uh, that was a, 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 an old podcast that we did. We did a number of episodes, uh, and uh, we stopped doing it. I mean, it was tough. We were doing uh, two episodes a week. Wow, can you imagine doing two episodes a week? The Jeep Talk Show is uh, what would, would be one of those episodes a week, and the other episode was the Tony and Josh Show. I just can't imagine doing two episodes a week. Yeah, yeah, I'm being a smartass. Um, so it, it's possible, and you kind of—I guess—you kind of have to work into it. It's like going to the gym; you have to uh, you build up to it. So that's one of the reasons why we're doing four episodes a week now. So, uh, but it's a lot of fun. I mean, I, I'm hoping you guys are enjoying the four episodes a week and every other week with uh, JTS Chick Chat. You get five. I mean, that's five days of the Jeep Talk Show. And uh, it's it's all different. I mean, we have the two flagship episodes, uh, but we have a roundtable episode where we have a lot of uh, listener voices involved in the show, which I just absolutely love. And then on Friday, we have the interview episode, which is uh, it's a lot of fun talking to folks. And um, I got to say, uh, I, I absolutely the scenery out at EJS was was amazing and going off road was amazing. But getting to meet the folks that I've uh, developed these relationships through doing interviews with uh, was also a lot of fun and something that I'll be remembering for a long time. And I'm looking forward to meeting more people out uh, at EJS 2024. But uh, but anyway, uh, our Patreon, uh, you should uh, consider becoming a Patreon subscriber. All it costs you is $5 to get started, and uh, you get all these perks, including uh, a Jeep Talk Show sticker uh, or more, depending on the, the level that you subscribe at. So I was mentioning interviews. The interviews, uh, we got some really nice interviews coming up. And uh, I know that uh, you guys are aware. Well, maybe you're not aware. Maybe you're a new listener. Uh, but uh, we uh, have had uh, Tony Pellegrino of Genrite on the show uh, a couple of times before. And uh, we're going to have him back on. Uh, we've already uh, already recorded that interview. It was really fun. We did a lot more discussion about uh, what uh, Tony sells uh, from Genrite, his products, how it came up. Uh, and uh, how he has his own, uh, well, I don't want to say own personal shop, but uh, it, I, I guess technically it is, but it's a place wherever they do R&D and build things. Well, he just goes over there and, and builds the stuff that he needs uh, or, or wants to try out on his Jeep. And sometimes it becomes Genrite products. I think quite often it does, actually. So it was a, a, a fun interview. Uh, Tony really impresses me with the just how open he is and his... Uh, uh, his desire to teach people more about how things work on Jeeps. And uh, so, yeah, it, it was a really, really fun interview. Um, so we've got uh, several of those coming up that, uh, uh, oh, you know, and uh, the, the one coming out this week uh, with Marvin uh, Stamol, um let's see if I can remember this right. I didn't write it down. Flex Rocks and Rollovers is a YouTube channel. Uh, and, you know, I'm on YouTube a lot and I, I do a lot of Jeep stuff on uh, looking at Jeep stuff on YouTube. I was not aware of this channel. It's a big deal. Uh, it was fascinating uh, talking to him about having a film crew uh, out there shooting uh, the YouTube video stuff. I mean, this is a big time deal. You guys need to check this thing out. 
Uh, they do, uh, what is it, uh, like 24 hours to hell and back or uh, something along those lines. You'll see it if you do a search for uh, Flex Rocks and Rollovers on YouTube. And uh, I just told him, I said, man, I just can't imagine uh, being in a situation where you can go off-road and you don't have to work the camera equipment and the sound equipment and everything else. You just you have a crew doing that for you. Uh, I even got into asking him about the uh, the crew. Did, were they did they know about off road? Because I could well imagine. I can imagine you can find people uh, that uh, know about uh, doing video and stuff, but uh, they're but they're also used to off road. I mean, just walking around off road is tough. Uh, and can you imagine carrying uh, expensive equipment and doing that? Anyway, listen to that interview. That's coming up uh, this Friday, uh, tomorrow, actually, uh, on uh, episode uh, 914, Marvin Stammel. All right, let's get into this. <laughs> I may be putting myself at risk here, but uh, did I break the law? Uh, you know, your modern-day Jeep JLJT most likely has the ability to use Android Auto. I know you people with iPhones are screaming at me, but... I don't have an iPhone. I have an Android, so I'm going to talk about what I know about. So uh, I want to. This is my disclaimer warning: It is dangerous to drive and watch videos on your vehicle's screen. You know that infotainment screen. I'm 99.9% certain. Actually, I 99.99999% certain that that this is illegal in your state. Don't do it. You know, funny how you can do a bunch of other stuff that requires you looking at the screen uh, while driving, though. But I digress. (laughs) So what is Android Auto? Well, it lets you connect your phone, Android phone, to your car's display. Uh, Your Android apps show up on the screen. uh, Just, you know, you plug it in and and they show up there. Uh, You can uh, uh, tap to get directions or talk uh, to send a text or even call your mom uh, hands-free. Android Auto is also made to help you focus on the road and have uh, fun along the way. Just connect it and go. At least that's what the android.com slash auto uh, website says. The Android Auto Gods, that's a gods with a little G, only allow certain apps from your smartphone to be run on your Uconnect system. Not surprisingly, YouTube or any phone app that plays video isn't allowed. (laughs) Who the hell do these people think they are? I'm multitasking uh, capable. (laughs) So to be honest, I was looking for a way to run trails off-road on my Uconnect, but found this ability to play YouTube on my Jeep's infotainment system. Now, a little caveat here. I did hear back from uh, Trails Off-Road today. And they said uh, that uh, their Trails Off-Road software, which is wonderful uh, software for going off-road, and uh, is is available currently uh, on, uh, what is it, Uh, the uh, iPhone uh, CarPlay. Uh, It's not not really iPhone, but it's for your iPhone. Uh, And and they're working on getting it out on Android Auto. It should be out soon. Anyway, I couldn't find a way to, to add that one. Uh, to android auto but but this other one was kind of cool um so uh the trick to playing the youtube uh, on it's like i do to say the tic tac the trick to playing youtube videos on your uconnect system uh is uh <laughs> installing a, a program called uh, like three a's you know like triple a a a a d d is in dog so apple 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 dog or delta it is not on your Google Play Store. I mean, you know, <laughs> this is the illegal part, I'm thinking. <laughs> and, you know, Google tries to, to control control us, and that just pisses me off. Damn it. You know, I make the decisions what I want to do. Uh, you know, if the government does not get involved. So uh, you need to go to GitHub, and that's Git with an I, uh, GitHub website uh, with your uh, phone. So you just, just go to the, the, the website with your phone. Some of you people don't have computers other than your phone. So this is uh, this makes it really simple. You just use your phone to go there. Anyway, you go there and you will download and install it uh, from the website. Uh, I'm not going to describe all the steps. That's uh, what YouTube installation videos are for. And the cool thing is once you've got this thing running, you can watch the install videos from your your Jeep. <laughs> the, the only gotcha I had was making sure permissions were set uh, so that I could actually do the install. Now, once you have the AAAD installed, you will be allowed to download one of, one of several apps that do the actual part of running 
uh, YouTube on your UConnect screen. Um, you'll see this when you get when you first run the AAAD um, program. Frankly, I don't know what the, that program does other than just gives you uh, these other apps that you can install. Uh, maybe maybe it, it, it does more. I, I don't know, but I get the feeling that these other apps you install actually do the the uh, the part that you want. Uh, but but you have to have the AAAD to to install them. So maybe it's just an app that allows you to get to these uh, other apps. Anyway, uh, one of the apps that I, that were listed uh, and from watching the YouTube video installation video, I went with this one. It's called Car Stream. So uh, I selected that, uh, plugging in the USB cable uh, from the media jack and the center console of my Gladiator to my Android smartphone enables uh, Android Play. And after selecting it, I can click on the app. CarStream. So once I installed CarStream, it just magically appears on on my UConnect screen once I plug in my Android into my uh, into my Gladiator. So uh, if you don't know where that where that media thing is, it's just uh, it's right there on the center console uh, over to the uh, the right hand side. There's a, on, on mine. There's a, a flap that says media. Uh, you raise up the flap, and then you've got a uh, USB C and a USB A uh, jack right there uh, under that cover. So uh, anyway, now with whenever I run CarStream, I can watch YouTube videos uh, from a web browser type of interface. So this isn't, I won't say this is like super fancy or anything because it is just like a browser, but uh, you can make the video, and it's not bad. I mean, you can kind of center it on there and then and once it's there, it's there. You don't have to mess around with it. It's not just like a browser, but it is like a browser interface. So uh, you can uh, make the, the video full screen and you have, uh, it, it doesn't take up the entire screen. There's still some information from your Uconnect on there, but it, I mean, it's, it's large and it's easy to see. Plus you have the, the audio with it. I think uh, I found uh, an old uh, SNL uh, video that I was uh, playing around with, just, just playing with it and see how it, how it worked. So you can make the video full screen. It's really nice and very easy to watch as you're parked not moving <laughs> danger will robinson don't watch videos while you're driving uh although i still like the idea that that's that should be my choice uh not the government's so i think this would be uh great the ability to watch the youtube videos uh, i think this would be great uh, while you're stationary and have time to kill uh to be entertained nothing keeps you from watching while driving except your good sense I'm waiting to hear that somebody with a manual transmission, shifting gears, eating the hamburger, and steering with their knee, and watching Netflix having an accident. <laughs> There's a lot of things you can do uh, while driving to, that's uh, distracted, distractive driving. You know, it's, it's funny. When somebody does uh, have this happen, you know, the cops will check to see if you were texting and find absolutely nothing. <laughs> Oh, well, he wasn't texting. I don't know. I don't know why he had the accident. <laughs> Nothing to see here. Move along. Uh, if they only knew it was so much worse. You know, you've done this, especially you guys with standard transmissions. Uh, you just have to time the bites on the burger. You know, you shift and get your knee up there. And, and kids, don't try this at home. Don't do this. Uh, we, we, never, we need every Jeep Talk Show listener we can get. So what do you think? Is this something you would use? And what will it mean? This is the thing that kills me. <laughs> what will it mean if your kids of driving age see you do, doing this and decide to install this software on their phone or your spouse? <laughs> so you, do you want to let the genie out of the bottle? Uh, I mean, you know, if they see you doing it, it's going to like, wow, I want to, I want to, when I drive a dad's Jeep or mom's Jeep, I want to watch videos too. And, uh, you know, you can kind of control it because it's on your phone. Well, they're not dumb. They'll install that stuff on their phone and it doesn't matter if you tell them not to do it. They're still going to do it. You'll have to uh, do a, 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 before they leave, uh, let me see your phone and see if you can find the app. And then if they sit out there in the driveway for uh, 10 minutes, you know they're reinstalling the app. <laughs> 
Are you tired of all that noise from those other shows? I think you have to keep that rig at the moment. Now you can relax to the pleasing tones of the Jeep Talk Show every week. Unless you've got Dana 60s and 40. Get the highest audio quality possible with each download. Now, you know, you can hear some Dana with them, with them super swampers. And if you're tired of all that other stuff. Uh, and a thing with the Texas big old tires and a liar. Then subscribe to the highest quality podcast on the web. The Jeep Talk Show. Available on iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher Radio, and more. You guys are getting to give me a beer. Oh, wow. We got to remove the Stitcher radio out of that thing. The, the Stitcher is no longer uh, doing anything. They, they went out of business. But but anyway, it used to be there. So uh, what are the best doomsday vehicles? Well, uh, I read about the top five rides for escaping the apocalypse. You, uh, I don't know that this would actually escape the apocalypse. I guess if it was a local apocalypse that you might be able to escape it. Anyway, so uh, we're going to start uh, from uh, from uh, the number five and go to the number one uh, and uh, see if you, any of these uh, make sense to you or uh, ones that you have selected. Number five, Chevrolet Silverado or Express. Now, I haven't been following the Chevrolet trucks. I used to uh, own a couple of Chevrolet trucks way back when. Uh, and and love them even though they were crap compared to the Jeep. Um, the, I don't know what an Express is. It, it sounds like a del- delivery service. So Chevy makes a solid truck. There's no doubt about it. And this one was built specifically for unseen emergencies. Although we can't say that the zombie outbreak was unforeseen, we can certainly classify it as an emergency. The fully capable 4x4 features a 5.3 liter Ecotec V8 engine. V8 should never have the word eco uh, on them. I I, I just got to tell you that up front. Uh, And it has plenty of power, uh, 355 horsepower, uh, along with lower body armor, raised suspension, solar power pack. That's going to be nearly useless. uh, Generator, military first aid kit, uh, gas mask, a crate of food with top ramen and Twinkies. Oh, so it's covering the the entire food pyramid with those two things. (laughs) And, uh, you know, everything a a growing uh, apocalypse survivor needs. So uh, I, I think that the biggest problem with uh, Chevrolet truck is its size. I think that in an apocalypse, uh, there is, uh, depending on what it is, um, I think that uh, a nimble, smaller vehicle, uh, but is also very off-road capable, is necessary. I mean, sure, there's going to be highways and roads and stuff that you can still be on in an apocalypse. But, you know, you got to figure there's going to be at some point uh, where you have to go off-road and get around uh, the uh, the debris or piles of bodies, uh, etc. Uh, and you certainly don't want to have to come to a stop and be ambushed. You want to be able to uh, go around that ambush. And, uh, yeah, so, uh, I mean, it is a, this is a fully capable 4x4, but like I said, I, I've owned a couple of uh, uh, Chevy trucks, and uh, the last one I owned was a uh, four-wheel drive. Uh, 1983 uh, short base uh, Chevy Silverado 4x4 and uh, I, I learned very quickly that the, uh, the the Jeep, the 98 Jeep that I got was a lot more capable than that uh, massive uh, massive vehicle. Don't get me wrong love the full size trucks would like to have another one but I call them uh, land yachts or uh, mud cruisers uh, more so than uh, off-road vehicles. Alright, uh, number four mercedes-benz unimog i know about you guys i just like the name mercedes no i'm, I'm kidding unimog <laughs> that i i think it was the 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 4x4 podcast that i uh, first heard about the unimog and man, what a cool vehicle i mean if you don't know about the mercedes-benz unimog you need to look it up uh it, it's just so cool in fact i saw a picture that uh, Oracle Lights uh, just uh, published on Instagram, and I'm wondering if that uh, that big uh, panel side uh, I can't I don't want to call it a van because it, it reminds me of the Unimog. I wonder if that is a Unimog or not. Uh, so when Chris is out there at SEMA, Chris, if you're listening to this, uh, ask Oracle Lights uh, Lighting if it is uh, a Unimog, or, or you may be able to tell just by looking at it since you're going to be there at SEMA. Anyway, very, very cool vehicle, a go-anywhere vehicle. Uh, I, I've always viewed it as like a support vehicle uh, for the Jeep, and it, it may be big enough, depending on what Jeep you have, to uh, load it up in the back and just drive it back to base. <laughs> 
So if you're looking for a foolproof security with stunning design, Mercedes-Benz G-Class might be the best option for you. It comes with a thrilling 4-liter twin-turbo V8 engine with 412 horsepower. In the event of the apocalypse, nothing like powerful vehicles transversing muds, deep slopes, and water can stop it. This vehicle has um, uh, mainly uh, our, our many safety features like multifunction suspension steering, wheel automatic climate control and uh, passenger airbags i wonder if they i wonder if it has like a, a some something similar to the uconnect system on the jeep so you could you know watch youtube videos while you're uh, in the apocalypse uh, i guess you better download some stuff to watch because the internet may be, may be down so uh, some other features like the anti-lock braking system and run flat tires oh very important in an apocalypse uh, you don't want to be changing tires when the zombies come up um, make it a brilliant off-road runner. Uh, so this is this is a really cool vehicle. No price here on this, but I would imagine this is uh, well over a hundred thousand dollars, maybe uh, maybe closer to two or more. All right, the number three, and uh, this is a uh, man bun optional, uh, although it it, it may be. Uh, <laughs> You know, if uh, man buns survive after doomsday, it's a world I don't want to be a part of anyway. I'm just saying. So if you guessed out a uh, Subaru Outback, yeah, that's what it is. Subaru makes uh, the cut for uh, expert recommendations for doomsday vehicles. Uh, it uh, if moms trust them with their children, and of uh, of course they will be safe enough to get you out of harm's way. Subaru makes the whole lot of money selling a ton of ugly cars well as jeep owners we know what ugly is uh but but it's it's pretty to us because of we know what it what it can do so no worries though as they are known to stand up to a beating decent gas mileage means you can go where you need to get in the, the gas stations uh, even when they're out of power so uh, the outback doesn't offer any more performance over regular impressa but it does have more ground clearance, which is important in an apocalypse. Uh, and uh, it does have a cool off-road look. So like an AMC Eagle, if you don't know what I'm talking about, AMC Eagle is, is a cool four-wheel drive car. It, it just really, really was. Uh, this is like an AMC Eagle, except it runs. How dare you? Giant swarms of locusts <laughs> just turn on the wipers, hit the lights, and gas it. <laughs> so uh i gotta admit you know the subarus are uh, quite capable off-road but i just have i just have a bad time about four-wheel drive cars or this is probably an all-wheel drive all right number two the hummer so <laughs> you have to figure that after any doomsday even hummers are going to have to be a reality i mean 20 rounds of ammo is 20 20 rounds of ammo right some of you got that. Uh, if you want to survive doomsday, you have to drive a Hummer. Well, at least that is what most experts believe. If nothing else, you automatically get the title of general when you roll up to the survival camp in this. Uh, in the 2009 uh, H2, gets uh, 393 horsepower with a V8 and has a nine-speed automatic transmission. It's built like a Jeep uh, with modes like four high, four high lock, and four low lock, letting you lock out the rear differential uh, or uh, to bust out of tough, tough situations and crawl up and down the steepest of hills. The H2 might not be as reliable, uh, but the GM platform permits for uh, lots of domestic repairs anytime you can find an abandoned Tahoe. Uh, and that's the clue to this, the kids. That's one of the reasons why the, the uh, H2 was never really considered the, the same as the original uh, Humvee, the military vehicle. Um, quite a different vehicle. It's just basically a, uh, a body on a, a truck frame. Not necessarily bad, but it, it's, 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 it's almost kind of like lying to you, like you're getting a, a military-style vehicle when you're not. So the windows don't, uh, don't allow uh, for as much visibility uh, but that's a good thing because less glass, uh, space to get broken, and more metal protecting you from all those zombies. Well, what do you think the number one best doomsday vehicle is, according to experts? Rivian? The yet-to-be-released Cybertruck? Uh, will there be electricity after doomsday? Mm -hmm. I guess some places, though, but you got to figure that's going to run out pretty quick. 
Uh, there's going to be a lot of gas, depending on how many people die. Uh, there's going to be a lot of gas around. You just have to learn uh, your siphoning techniques. Yeah, I hear you scream, screaming, if not orally, in your head. It's a Jeep! Well, sir, you are correct. The number one best doomsday vehicle is a Jeep Wrangler. The experts didn't say what model of Wrangler is best, but I think we all know it's the TJ, right? <laughs> Boo! I know, I know. Uh, actually, they probably think the uh, JLJLU. I mean, they're not Jeep experts, so of course they're going to think what the, the, the newest Wrangler is out is the best. You know, it's not about being paranoid. It's about being prepared. During the apocalypse, it becomes crucial that most of the time uh, you go off track uh, for your safety. Uh, therefore, you could, should consider the a vehicle that is perfectly suitable for off-road adventures. The second important thing to consider is that a vehicle should have enough space to carry your gear. Because you need to carry plenty of items, survival food, weapons. I'm really surprised they mentioned weapons. You know, weapons, weapons are bad. Uh, first aid kit, clothes, etc. The Jeep Wrangler is an incredible SUV that fulfills all your needs. It can crawl up anywhere due to its excellent off-road capabilities and robust front and rear axles. Axles, not IFS. Uh, much uh, advanced safety features further to make it safe. For example, uh, it has a tire fill alert system. So I guess maybe you could drive a little bit further, get, get around that zombie horde. And when I say zombie, it, they can be non-zombies, just people that are wanting to be in a vehicle that can take them anywhere because they need to you know, protect themselves and their family and uh, so on and so forth. So uh, and that's kind of what the weapons are for. You know, if you don't know what I'm talking about, watch uh, the War of the Worlds, the one with uh, Tom Cruise. And uh, he, had a, he had a weapon, but they still took that van away from him. Uh, so things get ugly whenever people are worried about dying. So um, uh, much advanced safety features further make it safe. For example, uh, the, the tire fill system that I just mentioned, forward-facing cameras, and run-flat tires. Above, I didn't know about the run-flat tires. I don't know. I have to look that up. I don't know that that's true. Hmm. I guess you can put anything on there. Uh, but of, above all, the exterior is exceptionally strong that it can protect its occupants from any kind of attack. All these characteristics make it one of the finest options for the apocalypse. You know, the Jeep Wrangler will become your insurance policy for the, for the unexpected. I fully agree with this, just even if there's not an apocalypse. The Wranglers are uh, the highest and most commonly lifted vehicles you can get for under 200 Benjamins or dollars or what is it? Uh, What's on the $100 bill? Is it, is it Benjamin Franklin? I don't think so. I don't remember. I haven't used cash in a long time. Anyway, the height advantage means you can crawl over bad roads or leave the streets altogether while the Hyundais are left in the flames or the, in the hands of aliens. You know, you got to figure the aliens are going to take the Jeeps out first. I mean, even an alien will be able to identify what's the most capable vehicle. Uh, a platform made for customizing allows you uh, to easily loot parts off of other, they say cars, it's, it's, it's a Jeep, damn it, or prepare the improvements ahead of time uh, at little cost or effort. Front bumper, unlike most vehicles, is designed to repeatedly take the full force of the car, as you uh, may have seen videos where where one's Jeep sits undamaged and some poor slob in a sedan <laughs> it, uh, it sits there in a totaled vehicle. So, uh, yep, yep. Number one, everybody knew it from the very beginning, Jeep Wrangler. And if you didn't know it, you figured it was because this is a Jeep show. You know, I don't know if you guys have actually thought about this. Maybe you did when you first heard about Jeeps or, or you said, what, mommy, what is that? Well, honey, that's a Jeep. Uh, it, but it's a strange name. It, it, it just, it, Jeep, it just, it sounds like a, something that would happen when you press the horn button. It would just, Jeep. So, you know, legend has it, and we've talked about this before, but uh, you may be new to this or maybe missed that before. Legend has it, the Jeep name was adapted from GP, uh, Golf Papa, the letters G and P, a common abbreviation that military members used for general purpose. The slang term had uh, been used decades before, too, in World War I. A military dictionary called Words of Fighting Forces by Clinton A. Sanders included Jeep in 1942, 
little j and included the definition uh, was any small plane, helicopter, or gadget. So while it was previously a broad category that all types of machines fell into, the 4x4 buggies quickly claimed it for themselves upon introduction. Now, that's the most widely accepted origin story, but even Jeep will tell you it's not entirely sure. Uh, there was a character in the Popeye cartoon called Eugene the Jeep, and it could have been lifted from there. It seems a little less likely, but it's worth considering at the very least. I don't know if you guys remember, but Eugene could kind of like pop into and out of existence. He had like uh, interdimensional capabilities uh, or, or teleporter tran- <laughs> transporter technologies. <laughs> and uh, uh, he, he basically could go anywhere. Now, I need to go back and look at the dates on the, the Popeye's uh, uh, cartoons, but I think they were from the 40s. Uh, I think uh, some of them anyway were from the 40s and certainly the ones with Eugene, uh, I believe, were from the 40s. Could be wrong about that. So I I still think it's a possibility that Eugene the Jeep, and that's what they referred to him as in the cartoons, could possibly be uh, there. Now, if you you, you should look this up uh, or just go to our show notes for episode 913 and look at the picture of Eugene. And if you see this uh, cartoon character on a Jeep, you will go, oh, that's from Pi Pi, and that character's name uh, was Eugene the Jeep. Willis picked up on the name's popularity and was awarded the Jeep trademark June 13, 1950, after a seven-year legal fight. Everyone was referring to the Willis MB by that name already, but that's also what they called Bantam uh, and Ford's machines. Gaining the exclusive right to the moniker was key for marketing purposes, and all these years later, Jeep gives a nod to Willis with Wrangler and Gladiator trims uh, donning the name. Like most icons, it doesn't matter where the name came from. Jeep is a name that means so many things to so many people, it, and, and really, that's what's important. Hey, if you want to get more out of your weekend, you've got to get more out of your truck. Storage for your tools, cover from the elements, and protection that stands up under pressure. Whether it's a little DIY or your next big project, we say bring it. To the backyard, to the barnyard, to everything you can throw at it. And everything that stands in its way. Because it's not about getting the job done, it's about getting the job done right. Real Truck, bring your truck to life. Hi, people. Let's bring this meeting to order. We've got a new member with us. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, 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 hi, everybody. I, I'm Sid, and I've been sober for 42 days. Hi, uh, this is Sid. Sid. Do, do you guys know about the Jeep Talk Show? Oh, come Ooh. on. Get down, Sid. Uh, go have a drink. The Jeep Talk Show. We don't specialize in that kind of recovery. So I think everybody at some point is new to 4x4. Now, you may have been one of the lucky fews that, that had a parent or parents that were, uh, you know, avid uh, four-wheel drive people. I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to go off-road. They may have always just had a four-wheel drive. Uh, And I think that uh, if you were uh, from the uh, north or the east uh, of the United States, you might have been more likely to be involved in four-wheel drive simply because they're a little safer in those uh, very wintry uh, environments. So, uh, you know, like most people, I started driving when I was 16, and I had a car, thanks to my parents, a 1973 Pontiac Ventura. It's like a Nova. I mean, it's exactly the same thing. If you guys are aware of the GM thing where Chevy comes out with a vehicle and then Pontiac would come out with one with a a little bit of a a different flair to it, maybe a different uh, front end, a different rear end. Uh, The the taillights look different and the front end look more pointy because I think all the Pontiacs back then had a kind of a pointy nose on them. And uh, but for all intents and purposes, it was just a Nova. Anyway, it had a straight six. uh, Sounds familiar, right? And a three-speed manual transmission. Thank God it was on the floor and not on the uh, on the tree. I think is what they said. Three on the tree. I think is what it was called. Uh, my uh, my dad had a '73 Nova, and that's what he had. He had the the shifter was actually there on the on the steering column. Uh, it's just to me, it's just a lot cooler having it right down there on the the center uh, the the center hump uh, where you can. It's like a race car. You know, anyway, I digress. So, uh, oh, it had uh, AM radio and uh, 
<laughs> I'm having a hard time saying this because it, it's not true. Uh, AM radio and AC. Yeah. The AC was controlled by rolling down the windows or breaking open that little triangle side vent. What's that thing called? I think that a lot of smokers had those things where they could, you know, uh, if it was raining or cold, you could uh, crack open that little uh, that little triangular looking uh, part of the window and then let the air out. So, you know, whenever it's uh, summertime and a uh, fat boy in southeast Texas driving a vehicle without air conditioning, uh, you want anything you can do to get the airflow coming towards you. You know, it's funny. Uh, I, it probably would be more uh, more difficult now for me to be comfortable, but uh, even during the middle of summer, as long as the vehicle was moving and I had airflow coming in through those uh, those windows, and it was always a pain in the ass to reach over and, and roll down the passenger window as well, uh, especially whenever you were in intermittent rain, uh, I stayed cool. It, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't as comfortable as having actual uh, air conditioning, but I stayed cool. But you, you would always come to a stop and boy, it would just get really hot really quickly. But uh, I guess that's uh, it's like having the ceiling fan. As long as you had airflow, you, were, you could uh, stay cool. So, um, I, I, you know, it's funny. I remember uh, this. I put 2,000 miles on that car in the first two weeks that I had it. And uh, it did not have power steering, and my my chest, the muscles in my chest were very tight because uh, you know you have to learn that the t- you have to think ahead on your steering. If you wait until you come to a stop and you try to steer it, you're really going to be muscling that thing. Uh, I worked through it, didn't care. Uh, my uh, my chest muscle strength got uh, got better, and also too I got smarter about uh, when when to turn the steering wheel. So I met uh, twin brothers uh, just a few miles away from my parents' house over the CB. You guys remember CB, don't you? Uh, So one twin brother had been given his dad's 72 Chevy pickup. What a beautiful, beautiful truck. Um, I modified my car, and Gary, my twin friend, modified his truck. Uh, and, And I think technically the truck belonged to both brothers, but Gary was the one that drove it cleaned it and uh i think he fought <laughs> carrie <laughs> to keep carrie from driving it but carrie would drive it occasionally and uh, gary would just give him uh, a lot of crap about uh mud or um uh, <laughs> stuff that pissed him off because he wanted it in a pristine condition so but anyway gary drove it at least 90 percent of the time probably closer to 99 now this was a two-wheel drive truck but Gary lifted the front end so it would sit level with the rear and put off-road style tires front and rear. Uh, the rear tires were much, much more aggressive. I think they were actually mud terrains uh, that were on the, uh, the back of the truck. And the front, t- the front tires, I think he always referred to them as sand tires. I don't know what that means. Uh, they, were, they were bigger. They looked a little more aggressive, but they were, not, uh, they were not mud terrains or maximum traction. Actually, I think back then they were called mud terrains. So, uh, naturally, uh, even though I had a nice Ventura and I had done stuff to it, lifted it in the back and, uh, put, uh, L60 tires on it and new wheels and all that stuff made it, made it look fast. Uh, <laughs> uh eventually I, I took out that six cylinder, put a V8, uh, which I broke. Uh, but, uh, that's what you do when you get a V8. Uh, but, uh, seeing this, uh, seeing this truck and watching what uh, Gary was doing to it made me want a truck as well. It, you know, it took a little while, but uh, I, 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 you know, if you fast forward a, a few years, several years, I eventually got my own 1980 Chevy Scottsdale long wheelbase truck. Not a big fan of long wheelbase. I mean, if you're going to use it as a truck, it's great because you got a lot more room to carry stuff. Now, this was a used vehicle. It was not fancy, uh, and uh, but uh, but but it was a truck, and damn it, it was it was still very nice. Uh, it had a V8 in it, so I didn't have to swap out anything. And uh, I decided I was going to level out, level it out like Gary did his. So uh, I don't know if you guys remember this. They're horrible, absolutely horrible, but they're cheap. Uh, they're things that you stick in the, the coil springs, and you can they basically put a socket uh, in it. Uh, not a socket, a, um, a socket wrench in it, or put the extension in there because they have a little square hole in them. And then you twist it. And when you twist it, it locks it into the coil uh, and uh, causes it to space the coil out more. So a couple of, I think it was only two in a pack, a couple of those, one on, on each side, and you might get, uh, you know, a half inch or maybe even an inch out of it. 
Uh, so anyway, having the, the truck nice and level made it look like a four-wheel drive, but it definitely was just a two-wheel drive. So I drove that for a couple of years, but after getting a better job, I was able to think about buying a brand new truck. And naturally, I wanted a real four-wheel drive. So I drove from Baytown, where I, I grew up at, to LaPorte. This is both, these are Texas towns, uh, to visit a Chevy dealership. Now, I'm not exactly sure why there wasn't a dealership, a Chevy dealership in Baytown, uh, and I don't remember exactly why I drove over, over to LaPorte uh, to, to just, you know, check out the, the vehicles. But uh, I went over there, and I, gosh, I guess I was probably 21. No, I must have been like 23 because it was an 83, uh, an 83 truck. Anyway, I went over there, and I was looking around, and I found a midnight blue Chevy Chevro, uh, Silverado short wheelbase uh, fleet side. And it did not have a radio in it, which I absolutely loved because I those radios that came in the factory, the factory radios that came in there were just stupid expensive, like 300 bucks. <laughs> and uh, there was just no reason to, to buy anything like that because you could get them a lot cheaper at Radio Shack. You guys remember Radio Shack? So I, I literally found a brand new uh, Chevy pickup without a, a radio or like i like to call it a good time radio in it and it was it was absolutely perfect for me four-wheel drive um i didn't know a lot about it didn't know a lot about four-wheel drives in that I mean but but that was back whenever uh that was the the four-wheel drive that you got i mean there was there were jeeps but everybody drive, was driving around in broncos uh you know the uh the, the oj simpson uh style bronco uh, and uh, various trucks, uh, four-wheel drive trucks, and uh, that was a big thing in Baytown. Uh, you, you saw a lot of uh, modified um, uh, vehicles out there. Anyway, so uh, I, I remember that I paid, and I, and I could be wrong about this, but I remember it was about $10,000, and I think it was 10500 So I got this brand-new Chevy Silverado four-wheel drive, no radio, and... Wow, just uh, just really really cool. I was so proud of that truck. Now, <laughs> there was a lot of things that I did to that truck. Well, I take that back. If you compare it to all the stuff I've done to the Jeeps, it's like nothing. But for for the time, it was a lot of stuff. But more about this first 4x4 adventure on our next episode of the Jeep Talk Show flagship episode. Hey, what was your first four-wheel drive? Did you start off with a Jeep? Uh, just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and voicemail, email, let us know. Hey, we're exciting to announce in our next interview episode tomorrow, we'll be featuring a special guest interview with Marvin Stammel of YouTube uh, fame Flex, Rocks, and Rollovers. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And, uh, Hopefully Wendy's not around. Wendy, as in the lovely co-host, not my lovely wife. Or my lovely wife could be the co-host, and the co-host could be my lovely wife. I'm not picky about who can't decide where to go for dinner. Yeah, now that she's not around, we can tell blonde jokes. Why was the blonde's belly button sore? Yeah, her boyfriend was blonde, too. Well, that's not why I'm calling. I'm calling to tell you that I swallowed some food coloring. My doctor says I'm going to be okay. But I feel like I died on the inside a little. Yeah, someday they will be 18% funnier. Maybe if you add them all up, it'll be 18% funnier. A collective 18%, so to say. All right, boys and girls, I'll chat to you later. You have a good one. Bye. Well, that was a real gut punch. And you know, the problem with a gut punch is finding the right size uh, cup to get the punch in the cup. All right, must-have stuff for your Jeep. Now, we were talking about uh, doing illegal stuff like uh, watching YouTube videos while uh, on your uh, Uconnect system. Well, you know, the thing that I really don't like about it, especially in this day and age, is it requires a cable. you got to plug in a, a USB cable into your phone and into the, uh, the media port on your uh, Uconnect system in your uh, JL or JT. And it may work. It may do the same thing in a JK. I don't know. Uh, you'll have to let me know. What if you could do it wireless, though? You know, like 21st century stuff, wireless. So here is something. It is a HESHS Android Auto wireless adapter. 
It does Android Auto Wireless uh, dongle, so it's something you plug in uh, to uh, to your media jack, and then your phone uh, wirelessly uh, talks to it. Uh, it uh, it's, it's con- will convert the OEM wired uh, Auto uh, Android Auto and wireless five gigahertz Wi-Fi Bluetooth Instant Connect plug and play forty two ninety nine, which I think is a little high honestly i mean for for what it does i think it's a little high but but it's a convenience thing so you don't actually have to uh you know plug in the cable it's not that big a deal to plug in a cable uh it it kind of gets in the way a little bit uh the the wireless is just so much more uh simple now you could always uh run that uh, that cable up behind the dash and have it come out for right there below you where your phone uh, i'm assuming everybody has something to hold their phone uh, but uh, if you don't, then you can just plug it in and uh, sit it there in the, the cup holder, I guess. So the HES-HS wireless dongle has been tested on more than 1,000 cars compatible with more than 90, 97% of wired Android auto vehicles. Uh, I have not tested this with uh, the uh, the Uconnect system, so your mileage may vary. I would uh, check it before you buy it to make sure it will work. You could use uh, you can use it for voice call call wirelessly while you're driving, get music playback and navigation seamlessly from your phone. Begin your ultimate car travel life uh, with family. Now, I the thing that kind of pisses me off that you know there is a navigation system. Uh, in the 2021 Jeep Talk Show Gladiator. It's right there built into the Uconnect system. And uh, every so often I get an email saying, hey, update your maps for 150 bucks. And I'm like, holy shit. Are, are, you, are you guys aware of Google Maps? But the one thing where they get you is the you have to look at your phone. And, you know, it's it's fine. I, I've used it. I used it going to EJS. I used it uh, going over to uh, Hidden Falls when we have the, the annual Jeep Talk Show Off-Road Texas event. So it works perfectly fine. But you got that big-ass screen there. It would really be nice to be able to use that. And, uh, and, and yeah, I know, I know I can. I think Android uh, uh, Auto uh, supports Google Maps. Uh, but uh, you can hook up that stinking cable. But at least with this wireless dongle, I love that name, dongle, um, with this wireless dongle, you don't even have to do that. I would just prefer that they, they uh, and I guess you could still do this, just buy a different cable, uh, allow you to put that, uh, that little box that does all the wireless stuff uh, someplace else. Uh, hidden away, but still works type thing. So anyway, so uh, you can uh, check out the uh, the link to uh, the, this item on Amazon. Again, just go to jeeptalkshow.com and look for episode 913. You know, it's always a little sad when we hit the end of the trail, but there's always another trail ride just down the road. And, of course, another episode. Jeep Talk Show has four episodes a week, Tuesday through Friday, and every other week, five on uh, with an additional uh, episode of uh, JTS Chick Chat on Monday. Subscribe and never miss an episode. You need to you need to subscribe. Whatever YouTube app, I'm not YouTube, whatever app you use for, uh, for a podcast, but there's going to be a box in there that you can check and say subscribe, like download the most recent three episodes. That way, it doesn't matter if you have internet service or not, you'll have the, the Jeep Talk Show to take along with you and uh, get something, have some entertainment while you're uh, out of uh, range of uh, the internet. Hey, speaking of subscribing, consider keeping the Jeep Talk Show on the air by subscribing to the show via Patreon. The place to go for all the information on how to subscribe and how to contact us is at jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. Thanks, and have a great night, or morning, or middle of the day, you know, whatever time it is. Broadcasting since 2010.